Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Do we have any people in this place that believe in the next generation? Come on. That believe in millennials? That believe in Generation X? Uh, we love these guys, and as they get prepared, because I know that they're ready and they're excited to speak, uh, can you give them one last hand clap as we get prepared to have them up here? Come on. Come on, Slavi. Thank you for that introduction, Rivera. Uh, first, I want to thank, hold up. Uh, first, I want to thank uh, Pastor Bobby, Pastor Don Rivera. I know they're kind of taking a day off. Um, getting to rest because it's been a long week for them. Uh, but I just want to thank them if they're watching because I know they are. If they're watching right now, I just want to thank them uh, just for loving me and believing me, looking at the camera. I love you guys. Um, all right, I know I have limited time, so let's get started. If y'all want to turn with me to Acts 13, 22. Um, I'll give you a couple moments to get there. But again, I just want to say I am excited and I'm thrilled to be able to speak to y'all tonight. Uh, so let's do this. All right. So Acts 13.22 reads this, After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. If there's one thing that I would like, if there's one thing I would love people to say about me, say, hey, you know what? That guy was a man after God's own heart. You know, I would love that. Um, But here we're talking about David. And I probably wouldn't be the first speaker to tell y'all this or preacher to tell y'all this but who knows David wasn't perfect does anybody like David had some messed up like so let's just kind of talk about that real quick uh, maybe 30 seconds like who remembers that David with the whole Bathsheba incidents people remember that like you know uh, I find it ironic because you know he saw Bathsheba taking a bath you know it's kind of funny okay it's time to get it started okay so he saw Bathsheba taking a bath and he said and he's in his palace and he looks down he sees her he says man I want that as my own and so, long story short, but the thing was, is that she was married, and he, and he was also married, too. And uh, so he said, you know what, I want her as my own, and if I have to, I will kill her husband. That's what he did. He killed her husband so he could take her as his wife. Who knows that's kind of messed up? But what, yeah, it's kind of messed up, right? But, you know, we just got done reading saying that David was a man after God's own heart. So, you know, I was thinking, I was like, well, it's kind of conflicting. I also said David was a liar. He's full of pride. I said, you know, he doesn't sound like the greatest guy. And then for, you know, some Bible scholars out there, what was Jesus referred to as sometimes? Son of David, right? Well, well wait, the perfect, like our Savior was also, like one of his nicknames was Son of David. Like what? Like the murderer, the adulterer, the person full of pride was referred to like Jesus, like he was referred to as Son of David. I was like, what? I was like, what? Like, I was thinking, I was like, what an honorable title, right? Because that's the most honor, honorable title you can have for such a dishonorable man. Does anybody hear me? Like, that, I was just, and so I said, man, David, he has some deficits in his life. But how can a man with so many deficits have so much honor? And uh, so this was God uh, showing me. He said, David had some deficits, but he didn't let them define him. Uh, he did two things. So you all ready for this? All right, first thing he did is that he did, uh, well, first uh, turn with me to Psalms 51. Um, and first thing he did is that he did not let his deficits defeat him. What do I mean by that? 
Psalms 51 verse 1 reads this. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. He continues in verse 11 through 12 saying, Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to, to sustain me. Who knows that David didn't say, oh, you know what, I messed up God. You know what, you're right. Like his, I forgot to mention this, but Psalms 51 is his prayer to God after he realized, after he felt conviction with the whole Bathsheba incident. This is his prayer to God. And so who knows that he, he wasn't saying, hey, you know what, I messed up. You know what, God, I'm no longer no worthy of you, you know. I'm no, no longer worthy to be king. Who knows he didn't say that. He said, you know what, God, I messed up. Forgive me, but God, do not leave me, right? Because who knows, who knows sometimes when we mess up, the enemy tries to tell us we are no longer worthy to be who we were, right? He says, hey, you messed up. Maybe you can be a little bit, you know, maybe you can go back to the kind of person you were, but you can't go back to that level because you were at that level and you messed up. Therefore, you're not worthy for that level, right? He was in the highest position in Israel, and yet he messed up, but yet he didn't feel like he, his worthiness, his title was taken away, right? Because that's up to God. So again, um, five minutes, okay. So that's what he did. He said, um, David didn't say, you know, he, he didn't let his mistakes um, discredit who he was. That's the first thing he did. He said he did not let his deficits defeat him. The second thing he did is that he did not disguise his deficits. You know, who knows David didn't say, hey, you know what? He didn't, he didn't try, like, not acknowledge that what he did. He didn't try to hide it. He didn't say, hey, you know what? I'm keen. I can do what I want. He could have said those things. He didn't try to disguise them. And something that God shared with me is that sometimes what people can do is that they can, they can disguise their deficits as personality. Does anybody hear me? Sometimes people will say, hey, you know what? I know, like, but I know sometimes I can be, you know, strong-willed or hard-headed or lazy, but that's the way God made me. Have you ever, ever heard that? People were like, oh, but God made me this way, so deal with it, you know, like, you know. And so sometimes people, like, we will use our personality, the way we will blame God for our deficits, right? He said, oh, well, God made me this way. And God was dealing with me that because David didn't do that. He addressed, and he said, you know what? I have deficits, but I have a big God also who can remove those deficits from my life. So don't disguise your deficits as personality. Because there's things that God, they're like, you can't reach your destiny if you're constantly disguising your deficits, right? You can't reach the place where God wants you to go if you're constantly act like nothing's wrong with you. Does anybody hear me? We have to acknowledge that we have deficits in our life, not disguise them, and then God can bring us into our true destiny. So that's the second thing he did. He says, do not disguise your deficits. Now, okay, perfect time. Okay, so another thing that I really love about David is that I love his testimony. Because I love that David, because it gives me hope, right? Because I look at this man, so unperfect, so messed up, but yet he loved God, and he was able to accomplish his destiny in his life, right? So that gives me hope. I say, you know what? I would love to have that testimony. I don't want people to look at me and say, oh, what? But Caleb Slavic's at, at the place where he's at because he doesn't have the deficits I do, or he doesn't make mistakes like I make. If I didn't make those, maybe I would. I want people to look at me and say, you know what? If Caleb Slavic can do it, so can I, right? I would love for that to be my testimony of saying, you know what? I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm not this, but it's not about me being perfect. It's about me serving a perfect God. So that's what I love. I love David's testimony. Went a little quicker than I thought. <laughs> but if there's something I want to leave you with is this. 
Don't let your deficits define you. Don't let this world define you, and don't let, don't let the enemy define you. Because, right, who knows we live in a world who loves to associate you with your mistakes, right? They love to associate you with what you've done wrong. Like, this is so-and-so who did this. This is so-and-so the liar. This is so-and-so this. Who knows? We, don't, we do not know King David as this is David the adulterer. We don't know him as that, right? We know him as King David, the man after God's own heart, yet he had all these deficits. He had all these mistakes. It's because that's who God defined him as. So there's something I want to leave you with. Hey, I got two more minutes. So I'm going to start flowing. There's something I want to leave you with is that there is a definition on your life, and that's called the Word of God. And so if you want, if, if you want to, and again, I'm going to start reading this out. Your true definition is what God's Word defines you as. You are a child of God, more than a conqueror, wonderfully and fearfully made, a chosen people. So you feel like if you're, if you're in this place and you say, Caleb, you know what, I hear you out. Sometimes I feel like I, I, have, I have deficits in my life, and I've made those deficits define who I am. I've let people define who I am. I let this world define who I am because I've messed up, and I know I've messed up, and so I have all this condemnation on my life, but I want to hear to tell you all today. That just because you made deficits doesn't mean they define you. Just because you have mistakes in your life doesn't mean that your mistakes are your master, right? If there's something I want to say, it's God's grace is this conquers everything. God's grace. Because who knows in Psalms 51, when David was, was praying out to God, he said, God, I've messed up, but please don't leave me. Forgive me for my sins because I know you are good. And, and God responded to that. He, he acknowledged, hey, you know what? I messed up, God, but you are perfect. You know, right? I messed up, God, but your love conquers all, right? I'm not perfect, but I know if I just keep on chasing after you, I know if I become, right, that man after your own heart, I'll be able to accomplish your destiny. And um, so, again, that's, this is what I want to leave you all with. Don't let your deficits define you. Your true definition is what God defines you as. Thank you, guys. I love you. Um, went, a little, went a little quicker than I thought. But, um, hey, guys. Cool. And I apologize, Lava. I didn't give you a fair introduction. My sister told me, like, you didn't introduce him. You just said, give me a hand clap and get up on stage. Um, but wasn't that awesome, guys? How many people enjoyed that from Slavic? Uh, for those that don't know Slavic, uh, Slavic is the young adult pastor here at this church, and he carries a multitude of responsibilities at this church, and he does a phenomenal, phenomenal job doing it. He's doing awesome. Um, he's also uh, one of my best friends. I have multiple best friends. I have multiple brothers, man, here. Luke right here, one of my best friends right here, too. But Slavic, me and him go back to about eight years, and I don't want to take a whole bunch of time. Uh, but we've known each other for eight years, man, and he has been just such an awesome friend to me and so many. Uh, he's been so faithful at this church, him and his family, Koi and Ophemia right here. Don't, don't, like, you don't even have to ask if, like, they love him because, like, Miss Opie's over here, like, with one leg not able to use, and she's on her little scooter, and she came and sat in the front. You love your kid. We love your kid. He's awesome. He's gifted. He's talented, man. We, we love him. Thank you, Slavic. Who's next? Who's next? Luke? Oh, this is going to be easy. I'm saying this way, the reason I say it's going to be easy is because it's so easy to compliment people that are so awesome. It's so, it's so easy, man. It's so easy to talk about people because they have so many great qualities about them. 
Man, I've known Luke for a while now. I would say over a year, right? Known Luke for over a year. This boy is a boss on the drums. I'm going to tell you that right now, dude. He's, he's beast mode. He's beast mode, man. And he's just awesome. His mother, Kara, Karen, Mama Bling. I call her Mama Bling. Uh, her name's Karen, but Mama Bling. I almost said Kara. Sorry, Mama Bling, if you heard that. Where you at? Where you at, Mama Bling? Oh, you're right here in the front. Love you. Anyways, you did a great job um, raising Luke. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like, just pouring into him. He is so faithful uh, at this church, and I've seen his heart. And uh, I've seen him just here at this church serving, uh, cleaning these carpets. I'm going to tell you right now, like, if, if Luke wasn't here, like, right now, this whole carpet would be black. <laughs> he helps clean the car. He cleans up your messes with the coffee cups and the spills and everything like that and does a beast on the drums and he's spoken to Legacy a couple times. He's not just that. He's an awesome guy and God is doing great things in his life and we're super excited to have him speak and with us tonight. We love you, bro. You're family, man. We love you, dude. We're behind you. Can you give him a hand clap as he comes up to the stage right now? Come on. Woo, woo, woo. Man, I am totally excited. Man, I'm so excited. I was at work today, and I told my boss, I was like, is there any way I can leave early? And he said, no, you got to stay here and work. And I was like, man, I'm so excited. I couldn't wait tonight. I went home from work, and I went and took a shower, and I was like, okay, I'm looking at my watch. And I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Let's go, let's go, let's go. It's almost time. I can't wait for church tonight. It's going to be so good. Man, isn't God great? Man, I love it. I love it. And, man, I just, I love this church so much. Like Caleb said, I've been here for like a year um, you know, just serving and, and just being a part and just seeing what God is doing so much to this church. And um, what I want to kind of do is kind of kind of get you guys excited, too. And uh, if you're able, because I saw Miss Ophie and I feel really bad, but um, I want you to stand with me. Stand up real quick. Okay. Okay, stand up. You're all standing up. Okay. Now I want you to sit down. Okay, some of you are like, okay, I just barely got up. I just barely got up. So I'm like, okay. Okay, now I want you to stand up one more time. <laughs> And I want you to sit down. Okay, now you're good. Now you're good. Okay. So, so you're kind of thinking, okay, why did he make us stand up? Why did he make us go down? You know, stuff like that. Well, it's kind of like what I'm going to be talking about tonight, and it's faith. You know? You know, you just had faith in just that moment. You had faith that you were going to get up. Your legs were going to get you up. Then you had faith that the chair was going to support you. You know that? And it's just, it's just faith, you know? And, and kind of what my, my theme tonight is kind of talking about is faith is a race, okay? You know, I think of faith as a race. You know, you think of, like, those, those track stars that you see in the Olympics. You see track people that are in high school and stuff like that. I don't know if there's any young people that probably ran track. You know, hey, good for you. I really didn't do it because, uh, you know, you kind of see me. I'm kind of a big guy. But, you know, um, but anyway, but, you know, a track star he has to have faith, you know? He has to have faith that his shoes are tied. He has to make sure that he's going to have water after he finishes his race. He's going to make sure that the starting blocks that, you know, he's getting prepared for to race into are the right ones because, I mean, if he has a wrong step, he's going to fall, and he's going to fall right on his face, you know? And faith, it says in, in the dictionary, it says, faith is like a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Now, Someone or something, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of all of us know someone or something. That's Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, now, if you would open up your Bibles, we're going to be in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. If you have your Bibles, that's awesome. If you have electronic, that's even cooler. <laughs> but uh, 
And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and, and hinders and that sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, considered him who endured such opposition from sinners that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Wow. I, I just love how that scripture just says, you know, let us throw off everything that hinders and sin that easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, it, it kind of it gets me thinking, you know, I've, I was going through just a time of, man, I really needed faith. I really needed God's faith. And, uh, you know, it kind of happened about a month ago. Uh, we're at work and uh, we have like these big bosses coming in and stuff like that. And uh, we're all like, oh, man, what's going on? You know, the, the big guys are here. The big shots are here. You know, what's going on? You know, this and that. And, uh, you know, they bring us into this big meeting in our circle, and they go, well, according to this, things are not going right. We're going to be closing down the Edna Walmart. So I'm just like, oh, man, what am I going to do? You know, am I going to have to start selling tamales on the side of the road? You know, am I going to have to do something like that? You know, I'm just thinking of just like, oh, man, what are we going to do? I mean, i gotta, I got to pay bills. i got to pay this and that. You know, and I'm just like, oh, man. So... I'm, I'm just kind of like at work, and I'm just kind of like going through my head, what am I going to do, this and that, yada, yada, yada. And finally, I, I walk up to this lady, and she goes, and she's like kind of like me, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have these troubles and this and that. She goes, I don't have a car. I don't have this and that. And I was like, oh, I, I, you know, I said, just, just pray God will be with you, and, and you'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I, I walked away from that, and God said, who, who am I, Luke? Who am I? I was like, you're, you're God. I mean, I mean, come on. You know you're God. And he says, what, what have I told you to do? Trust in me, right? Trust in me. And I said, God, I, tr I, tr I totally trust in you. He goes, well, why were you so scared? Why did you feel so like nothing's going to happen and this and that? And just to kind of wrap up the story, I just praise God because today I came from work, and I work at the Victoria Walmart now. So, <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to feel that moment. No, just play. no, but I mean, yeah. So I mean, if you want to come by, come by the pets department. I'll be there. You know, come get your dog food, whatever you want. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, and I, I just think about it. You know, I got a little bit of time left. You know, just just the faith that we gotta have. And I'm I'm going. I'm kind of reading my Bible, and I'm going through Scripture, and just kind of like, man, you know, where where can I find like more about this? You know, faith in God. And I, I mean. There's a story of a man, his name was Noah. Everybody heard of Noah? Noah built the ark, you know. Probably were little kids and probably heard that story. Well, in, in Scripture, it says in Hebrews, I was kind of skimming through, it says, By faith, Noah, when warned about the things not seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, and that is keeping with faith. And, you know, Noah totally trusted in God. You know, he, he could have been that guy that been like, oh, you know what, I'm not going to build the ark. You know, it's cool. All those people can drown. They can do whatever. But God told him, he's like, you got to build this ark because it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. And, you know, and he was like, okay. So he built the ark, and, you know, he totally saved everybody from just what, what God wanted to do. And, and I was there thinking, man, like, you know, Noah, man, he had a, I mean, that was a big problem in front of him. I mean, 40 days and 40 nights of rain, I mean, and thinking of it as him just putting it aside and whatever and like whatever, I mean, that was a big problem in front of him, you know that? 
And, and it kind of got me thinking, you know, have you, ever, have you ever seen, you know, mustard seed before? It's a little tiny little seed, you know, really, really tiny. And then I want you to think of a mountain. Now, uh, I've been to Colorado, and I've seen some mountains. Now, if you've seen some mountains here in Victoria, please tell me where they're at. That'd be really cool if they were here. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but anyway, but it's so cool because God says in Scripture, he says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. You know, I mean, gosh, I mean, little bitty, tiny little seed, you know, just like that. And a big, 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 big old mountain, you know. That thing, I mean, I'm like, man, it's like if, you know, I can't find the smallest person in here. I mean, that's like if I found the smallest person and they pushed me out the way. I'm like, man, what the heck, you know. But, <laughs> but and, and kind of just wrapping, wrapping here, um, you know, I, I was there thinking. I said, wow. I said, God, how you said faith the size of a mustard seed. You can move mountains, and it got me thinking. I, w- I was going through going through work, and these past few days of kind of like in going through new kind of higher stuff, and kind of understanding the whole Victoria store and stuff like that. And there's all these people like, oh, my problems. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I gotta drive all the way here to Victoria, and this and that. And and God said, you see all their problems they have. I'm like, He goes, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going on. He goes, they gotta trust in me. They gotta trust in me. And, and it got me thinking, you know, that God said that, you know, that you, the faith, the size of the mustard seed, you got to have faith to move that mountain. And, you know, a lot of us, we, we come here and we're like, well, Luke, you know, I got this problem going on. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to get to that next rent. I don't know how I'm going to get to whatever uh, I, I got to get to. I just have problems in my life. And I'm going to tell you tonight that God said, you look at that problem like a mountain and you tell that problem, you know what? This mountain might be big, but my God is so much bigger. Man. Man. Yeah. Man. So it's kind of like my last thought wrapping it up. And it says, you know, like I said, maybe you're here and you feel like, man, Luke, I'm, I'm emptied out. I'm, my, I, I can't move. I can't run. And uh, oh, you need me to hold the microphone like this? I'm sorry. I'm not, yeah. I like to hold it like this. <laughs> Um, so, um, so you're, you're coming and you're saying, man, Luke, you know, I'm, I'm out of gas. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm trying to run. You know, I don't feel like I'm moving. I don't feel like I'm going through, but I'm going to tell you, there was a quote, I thought that it's just so cool. It came to me a few days ago and I, I, I heard this singer and he said, uh, he says, while I'm waiting, I'm getting stronger. My faith is rising and I will run on. So I want you to think of this. So. Just keep looking to God. Just keep looking to him. He's a provider. He's always going to protect you. Always have that faith. Always remember that he's always going to provide. Even when you don't even feel it, even whenever you feel like, man, I'm at the lowest of the lowest, God's going to get you to the highest. You know that? So, man. So. But I just want to thank you all again for everything. And uh, I love you guys. And thanks. Can you give him a hand clap? You've heard two amazing speakers so far. Slavic first talking about not letting your deficits define you. And Luke talking about faith. I'm telling you right now, just something to add to that real quick. I really don't have to add much of anything. I think that's an awesome word. So encouraging. Uh, so many people know so many people need to know who they serve. They need to know that they're not by themselves, but you have a God so big and so mighty 
and it says in the scripture, with God all things are possible. And you have grace, and you know, you have grace for your race. You have grace for your race. So as you go in, as you're going through life, don't look to the left or look to the right and be distracted by this person or that where that person's going. Like faith is like a race, but you have grace for your race. Keep on moving forward. Don't look back. Always look ahead and know that God has great things for you. Awesome word, Luke. I think that's awesome. Super encouraging, man. Cool. So we got a third speaker tonight. Anybody excited? Yeah. We got the girl here, Lala. We love Lala. She's awesome. We got her family here in the front row. I'll tell you right now. Um, Lala and her family have been so faithful um, to coming to this church, and I've been able to hang out with Lala at different young adults events and just talk to her uh, a little bit. And uh, I just want to thank the family uh, for raising such an awesome um, young lady that loves Jesus. I know that it was all led by example, by a mother that loves Jesus. You have a beautiful family uh, with Ray and Cassandra, who are also students, and the rest of your family. I love seeing you guys come to church, worshiping together. Uh, sitting together and just getting involved. I'm telling you right now, it's it, it pays off, right? It pays off to get involved, to get connected, just to pour out. And we've seen just an awesome example of just everything that that family is about, their values, and what, what, what they represent and just in Lala's life. So you've done a great job, and we're excited to have Lala here uh, speak tonight. So as Lala comes up, we love her. Can you give her a hand clap, church? Come on. Awesome. church. Um, I am not going to lie when Haley called me and was like explaining about the millennial service. I was all for it. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh yeah, you know, I was thinking that she wanted me to take pictures. So whenever she asked me the question about if I would be willing to speak, I was like, oh, well, and it kind of like was on hold. And so I was honestly going to turn it down. I was like, no, I don't think I'm ready for it. And whenever I got the news, I was on my way to get my nails done. So um, she said, well, just call me back and think about it, pray about it. Let me know over the weekend. And I was like, yeah, you know, I can do that. Well, the whole time I'm in the nail salon and it's just pulling and pulling at my heart. And I'm like, Oh, you know, and it just, I hear this voice inside my head saying, haven't you been praying to me to use you? And I'm thinking, and I'm just thinking in my head, well, God, am I not taking good enough pictures? And uh, with all that being said, I was like, okay, you know, I asked for the information and tonight I'm going to be talking to y'all about God's love. Um... Let me see if y'all could turn in y'all's Bibles with me to 1 John 3, 16 through 20. And it says, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love 
with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. We will know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our heart before him and whatever our heart condemns us. For God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Now, the scripture is basically straightforward. It tells us how God wants us to live and how we should act towards our fellow neighbors. Now, the love I'm talking about is more of the heart, having God's love inside of our hearts. And love is often thought of as a feeling, but it's more of an action. We aren't called to be rich in material items, but to be abundantly rich in God's love for others. Um, It's more about having that love for the people around you, and I know... When I started, I wasn't, growing up, I wasn't, like, spoiled, but I was blessed to where if I didn't get something with my mom or dad, I had my aunts, my grandparents, you know, to get me that. So I was never, you know, wanting. They always gave it to me. So growing up, it wasn't until my sophomore year in high school when we went out with the church and we gave up a week of our spring break and we did this thing called Mission Jackson County, and we basically went around, and it was low-income, I guess, houses or elderly people's houses that needed repair, and would go and fix it for them. And it wasn't until at that moment we did a Bible study, and it was over the Good Samaritan story. Y'all know that story? If not, then it's in Luke chapter 10, 25 through 37. And it got me thinking, you know, we were going around helping people build their, paint their houses, and we, well, I did, like, the houses more, and it wasn't until, like, the third day that I was called to do, help fix a ramp to an elderly lady's um, wheelchair, because she couldn't, I guess they had, like, holes and stuff, so she couldn't really get on and into her house easily, so... It wasn't until at that moment whenever we read the Good Samaritan and it just got me thinking that I don't want to be just a person helping and getting things done just to get them done. I want to be that third person, the Good Samaritan that stops and helps out that neighbor in need, not because we want to, but because of God's love inside of us, telling us that that's what we need to do. Um, And uh, a point that I like to remember is that a selfish heart does not allow you to act in love the way God has called us to. So a lot of times we could build up that wall around our hearts and We want to think about how things can benefit us, how we're going to benefit from it, and not really think about how we're going to affect the others around us. And uh, I know at times you're, you're probably thinking, well, you know, it's hard to love the neighbor whenever they've done something bad to you or whenever they've hurt you or caused problems or make your life impossible. But... I'm here to tell you that, I mean, over time, with a lot of prayer and just asking God to give you wisdom and give you a heart more like his, 
that's until you're able to get past that level and past that stage and truly live for God and have his light shining through you. Um, now, I, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I get called up to Judgment Day and I'm up there, I don't want to be, you know, denied because I didn't forgive or love my neighbor the way I was supposed to. I want to be known as a faithful servant, and I want to be different. I don't know about you guys, but I want to have that light shining inside of me that shows to others that there's something different about her. There's something changing inside of her. There's something that we all, if we just seek correctly and humbly, we can have, and it's God's love. So it doesn't matter what this world might define us as. God's love is constant. And if we just truly humble ourselves and seek for God's love, then we'll be able to see the life that he has for us and see how we're supposed to live and stuff through his eyes. So... To close it off, I think I might be ending a little bit early, but to close it off in conclusion, if y'all don't get anything out of this, what I will really, really pray that y'all get is to live not by tongue or words, but by action and with a humble and hungry heart, seeking out for God's love. Thank you. Can you give her a hand clap? Awesome. Well, you guys did it. Um, y'all survived. And not only did y'all survive, y'all did an amazing, amazing job. I know personally I got ministered to. Um, thank you for just doing what you guys did tonight. Anybody Is anybody blessed by that tonight? Anybody blessed by that tonight? So maybe we can do this later on in the future. Anybody would like to do this again? The three for ten or whatever we call it. Come on, is anybody would like would anybody like to see this happen again? Come on. I think it's super cool, man. And I, I think it's such an awesome uh, subject to end on, just talking about um, God's love. And I want to kind of sprinkle a little bit of things on that. Um, I, I don't know how you would, I don't know what love looks like to you. I'm going to encourage you tonight, like, love isn't just a feeling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you ever just see that girl or see that guy that you like in the hallway and you feel the butterflies in your stomach, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, you know, you're in middle school, you're in high school, like, this is love. You know what I mean? And it's like, I've always been told, Caleb, do not date uh, when you're in middle school. You know what I mean? You're still trying to find yourself and all these different things, but I still did. <laughs> right. Not only that, but my parents found out by a Facebook post. I put it on my Facebook like, I gave, not a good idea, guys, you know, I gave, you know, my girlfriend, girlfriend, in that time, uh, my Facebook login, she gave me her Facebook login, and we posted on each other's wall, I love this person, I love this person, and that's how my parents found out, but I thought I was in love, right? I was like, man, dude, like, the world just stopped spinning, and I was just like, this is what it's all about, love, middle school relationship, butterflies, um, but the truth is, it says in the scripture, uh, real love is not really real love. Like true, genuine, 100% love is not our love for other people and not even our love for God. 
true, pure, 100% uh, uncompromisable love is God's love for us. And, and I love what Lala said. She said, you know, love isn't just words. You know, it's not just like a feeling or anything like that. It's action. And you may be in this place tonight, and you may say to yourself, I just don't feel loved. You know, and you may say to yourself, like, God can't even love me. God's mad at me because what I did or what, I, what I'm going to do or what I just did earlier today, he, God's mad at me. I'm going to tell you something tonight. God is not mad at you. God is madly in love with you. He's not mad at you. God is madly in love with you, and true love is not our love for God, but it's God's love for us. And it says in the scripture, for while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave, that's an action. How many of you are thankful that we have a God that didn't just sit up in heaven and see us suffer and see us ache and go through pain, but he actually stepped into time, Jesus Christ, and he took on flesh and he died and he paid the ultimate price so that way we could live. What an ironic thing, like the only way that we could live is if somebody else died. For the wages of sin is death. I'm going to tell you something tonight. You are so loved. Like, if you can only imagine, like, how much God loves you. And the love of God is not truth and then grace. You know, God doesn't say, oh, I can't accept you. You did this or you did that. So many different times we think that we have to change in order for us to come to God. And I think it's important to have a heart of repentance but I'm going to tell somebody something tonight. It's not truth and grace. It's grace and truth. The unmerited favor of God. And that's what changes us. It's God's love for us. So whenever you come to the house of God, I'm going to tell you right now, if you say to yourself, I'm going to give my life to Jesus whenever I feel like I've arrived to that place I need to be, where I feel like I'm a good example, or I feel like I'm this, or I feel like I'm perfect. I'm going to tell you, if you say that to yourself now, you're never going to reach that point. You're never going to reach that point because nobody's perfect except for Jesus. And Jesus loves us and he accepts us. And that's the grace of God and that's the love of God. Not that we love God, but he loves us. I just feel God's presence in this place tonight. Come on. God loves us. I'm going to tell somebody in this place tonight, maybe you're in this place and you don't know who Jesus is. Maybe this is new to you. I'm going to tell you right now, we believe in what the Bible says, that God he sent his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that love is available to us today. Uh, before you ever love God, know that he's always loved you. Before you ever started chasing after God, just know that he was chasing after you from day one. He knows you. He knows your ups and your downs, your highs and your lows, your good and your bad, but still he loves you. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live give in a love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.